unfortunately. I actually pulled one out last night uh, for Star Wars 2018. Really? Make sure you already jerked off in 2018? Yeah. Nice. I mean, I did it to celebrate the yeah. new year. Okay. I, did, I literally did it at like, it was like 1130 or so, so I still haven't oh, done man, it this year. you missed it. I know. You missed the window. Back in college, I used to have a strict, I would jerk off at 11 p.m. every night, like, like timetable. And I would yeah. everyone knew about it, too. Yeah, like his friends would be like, oh, it's 11. Let's, <laughs> let's all put down our controllers and give him the three minutes it requires for him to get this Ooh, done. He's not wrong. I mean, I'm very efficient when it comes to, yeah. to, to pleasuring myself. Um, but this is Yeah, welcome to the Millennials podcast. podcast, guys. This is episode seven. seven. Uh, it's the first one of 2018, baby. Here we are, right? Yeah, it'll be, it's the first one recorded in 2018 but there will be two episodes released very close together that's true there will no this this one's coming out first i'm gonna put oh, out the okay. bonus episode in the middle of the week okay. to pick up our so, numbers so if we say mm-hmm. anything stupid uh-huh. that is like wow these guys are so out of date it's because it was recorded last year right. so don't don't get on us about it being recorded that's currently literally incorrect today is the first day of the new year yes this is this is it this is the first day of 2018 to 1118 we're here yeah. we're live I am, as always, Smith with no title. I am here with Chief Executive Host and Producer Seth. And we have we have our silent partner here. Uh, I'm not silent. <laughs> wow! Listen I'm to very, the baritone in his voice. Very oh, yeah. upfront. This very man upfront. means business. This is a uh, tell me who you are. Tell tell me who you are. Uh, I just graduated college. I'm great. Hey, you know what? Do us a favor. Don't tell us your name. No, don't tell, don't tell us your name. At that's all. that's that. that's the last thing we wanted was your name. No, no one needs to know your name. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then. Nobody needs to know it. Okay, so we're just going to call you by <laughs> name. Should we give you a My title? My name is Charles. Okay. His name is that's Charles. Charles. Yes. He's here with us. He is not in charge. No, as you would, he's as not in charge. Think. I guess not. This is our podcast is studio, Charles. and by podcast law, we dictate everything he does for the That's next true. hour. That's true. Charles is with us. Like like Seth, he is a recent graduate. He's How's my it? he's my roommate of three years at this point. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be getting out in the real world, there, Charles? The same. The exact the same, same. Really? The exact same. It feels no different. Don't have to worry about anything extra now. Well, there's no pressure on you. I mean, I'm already I'm already hired, so that pressure is already gone. So. Okay. You know. Wow. Look at this man flaunting that he has a job. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. <laughs> We've got a real braggart on our podcast today. <laughs> well, you see, we have here the the fundamental difference between uh, uh, college graduate experiences because Seth and Charles are STEM majors. They came from the STEM side of yes. things, mm-hmm. whereas I graduated with a liberal arts degree, mm. and it took me the better part of a year to find a job after college. And these two have already got jobs right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So kids, if you're listening to this, and I really hope you are, do not chase your dreams like I did. <laughs> Instead, go into a field where you'll actually get a job. I hope our entire listener base is children. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean like 13 and under. Right, yeah, That's, for that's sure. who needs to listen to this podcast. I mean, here's the thing, right? Is that, I mean, even your fields are beginning to shrink. They're starting to see that in the future, I mean, less demands for jobs in the IT and computer science yeah, fields. I was going to be automated. Yeah, yeah, a fucking a goddamn apocalypse before long yeah. of nowhere to work for anybody. So... Good luck with that, next generation yes. of children. Yes. Which, of course, you could be led down the path of universal basic income, which yeah. is where I think a lot of us hope the world yeah, at least leads hopefully. to if we're going to automate this many jobs. Mm. And if not, we'll just live in eternal famine and we'll all die. Yeah. So either way, you, you're not really going to worry about much. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm going to call it now. 2018 is the year of the, the, the worldwide global communist revolution. It's coming. It's happening. 2018. This is the year. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking it's the. It's going to be a big first step. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. It's going to be pretty big. Yeah. Um, I mean, you saw Mike Cernovich, Mike Thurnovich, Thurnovich. Uh, who said that uh, socialism will become cool in 2018. And I'm like, it's already cool, man. We're already there. Wait, Mike Cernovich said that? Yeah, he was making predictions of 2018 things. We have. This was back when he was doing his whole "I'm quitting social media forever" thing, and he was like, he was like, the left is going to get all cool, and kids are going to be into, into into socialism, so they can get you laid and stuff. And I'm like, who's getting laid off <laughs> of that? Yeah, if, if, if socialism starts getting you laid, I'm not doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> If it ever becomes actually cool, we'll quit because yeah. we only do this because we we can be lame, basically. Exactly. Everything um, I do is considered lame by most. Pretty pretty true. Pretty true. Yeah. That's why I, would, that's I, why I host a podcast. But now 2017 is over. And I've heard, and this is the same thing that happened in 2016 when I saw people posting like, yes, 2016 is dead. We can move on from this dog yeah. shit year to 2017. And I was like, y'all know Trump's president, right? Yeah. yeah. You know that it's just going to get worse for the next four yeah. to eight years. Yeah. And I'm, not, I mean, I'm not saying that under Hillary Clinton it would have been any better. I'd probably have been less woke if it was Hillary That's Clinton true. as probably president. I'd still be a standard Democrat. Exactly. <laughs> but... Let's not pretend here that by this time last year, we knew Trump was going to be president. He's going to come off on January 20th. You knew that everything was going to shit, for sure. Why are you celebrating? Yeah. And now you see people doing the same thing. They're celebrating. No, yeah, 2017 uh, is 2017 over. 2017 is finally. It's over. I get to go into the next awesome year, and it's going to be good this time. This is the year that they finally killed Medicare. Yeah. It's going to be fucking fantastic. <laughs> but speaking of politics, which is, you know, I think one of the core principles of this podcast. Yeah. Our guest is markedly not that political, yeah, I would say. I would In fact, that. just the other day, he chose a political leaning, finally, <laughs> uh-huh. after yeah. being alive for 22 well, years. And I believe your political leaning was Bitcoin, correct? No. <laughs> he, 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 after net neutrality was repealed, he was like, oh, I yeah. think I'm a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I was like, I mean... It's a step. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad, but he is definitely not political. He doesn't know any. He didn't even know that Nazis were back in America. After all that Charlottesville stuff happened, I was like, yeah. "Man, this is ridiculous. What's happening in Charlottesville?" And he was like, "I don't know what Charlotte's. What's that?" And so he's markedly not that political. Mm-hmm. So it is gonna. It's, I, I do want to see what he brings to the table because we had Ben on before, who mm-hmm. is more of a bog standard, like liberal Democrat kind of guy, um, who we. We did live convert to hardcore leftism. I do that want happens. to say he is he he might not have said it on the podcast, but immediately after he texted me and said he is now a hardcore leftist. I mean, the last thing I saw Ben doing was wearing a Che Guevara shirt walking down the street, reading the Communist Manifesto, reading it out loud while carrying a flag with the hammer and sickle on it. So yes. we succeeded so on that front. Is that true? Is that really true? <laughs> okay, and just just to give you just to give you a, a look into Charles's character, he is the most literal person yes. I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And a, a story I can tell to really personify that is that when we first moved in together about three years ago, sometimes I would just like watch TV shows in our living room, like and I watched that '70s show, and sometimes I watched Arrested Development. And this is before he had seen the show before, but he hadn't like rewatched it as many times as I had. I've seen it like thirty or forty times. Um, and there's a scene where um, the character Lucille gets into a drinking competition with a much younger lady, and she like drinks like a million shots, whatever, and she doesn't even look drunk. She, like, she she can hold her liquor really well. And I said, "Wow, Lucille can really hold her liquor." Like just making a comment. And you know what Charles said? What? Charles said, "You know that's not real liquor, right?" <laughs> Did I actually say? Yes, that? you actually said this. <laughs> 
Celestial. Right? And the worst thing was, I said Lucille, meaning I'm I'm talking about a fictional space. Yeah. If I said Jessica Walter, the actress can, then of course that would be a very uh, something you could say. Still a little ridiculous. Yeah. But he uh, he didn't even put himself into the fictional space. He was just like, you know, that's not real, right? I'm like 100% sure that Charles is based off of alien species from Star Trek that Captain Picard had to fucking deal with at one point on He planet. hasn't even seen Star Trek. I mean, that's another thing about Charles. Is Charles has many gaps in his, in his pop culture uh, uh, knowledge of the world. Yes. Like, just today I had to confirm he had seen Die Hard because I was unsure. Because we weren't sure. And you gotta you gotta ask with Charles. What do you know? Oh, you seen Die Hard? We've all yeah. seen Die Hard. Charles. Though? He hasn't seen Jaws. Jaws. He said mm-hmm. one time he doesn't like shark movies, and then he couldn't yeah. name a single shark movie he'd ever seen. <laughs> what kind of ridiculous person does this? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a biased person. Against make, shark movies. No, I make prejudices. I guess make it just happens. Yeah, like he said he didn't I like horror movies. It. it just happens. He said he didn't like horror movies, and then I showed him a couple, and he liked them. Yeah. I mean, and he just never really seen one before. I mean, I don't like sharks, yeah. but I do like shark movies. Maybe you don't like sharks? Well, no. no. Sharks are on the left now, though. That's true. That's true. But I still fear them. I still fear them. Really? I, I have a healthy fear of sharks. Hey, listen, though. Here's the thing, though. Me and a shark, our environments are never going to intersect. That's true. So there's no reason for me to actually hate sharks. And if sharks ever make it on the land, we, we don't even need to have politics anymore. We have no. something bigger to worry about. We have, we have much bigger problems now. And it's the fucking, it's the shark apocalypse. Yes. Reminds me of those, what is it, those Sharknado Sharknado. Movies? There's oh, like Jesus. eight of them now. How are they still making them? Because Wait, they what? cost like... I think they're. I think they just. Holy it's either crap. the fifth or sixth one just aired this summer, and I mean they keep making them. They're so cheap. You know? Who is bankrolling the Sharknado film series? I'm pretty sure Asylum. Is there Asylum like a them. fucking Saudi prince who's just super <laughs> invested in the shark movies? I don't. I don't get it, man. Why don't these Saudi princes do like a bunch of cool stuff with their money? Like, wouldn't that be awesome if like you just saw like, oh, this year. A ridiculous video game got made all all by this one Saudi prince's money. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, right now they're all getting like rounded up and put in jail. Next well, year, yeah, the crown prince or whatever. After Saudi that, Arabia. Yeah. you know about this, Charles? What? Do you hear about this? I heard no, nothing about Saudi princes. Do you know about Saudi princes and getting rounded about, up? I heard about a Nigerian prince getting caught and he was like a sixty-seven year old white male or something. Yeah, yeah the guy who originated the fishing scams or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always funny that. People would make jokes about Nigerian people based off of that, and it's like been known for years yeah. that it was a white dude. Yeah, they just now finally caught him. But yeah, so 2017 is over. Yes. 2017 is dead, and we are in 2018. God help us. Yeah. But here we are. So let's talk a little bit about 2017 and some All of right. our some of our favorite moments yeah. of 2017 that went down. I'm fine with that. Some of our favorite trends, and I will say I'll start off with. Uh, another thing that's adjacent to our podcast is that 2017 was an amazing year for video games. Yes, a lot mm-hmm. of so much good gaming. If you're into gaming, 2017 was like a banner year. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. if you play video games and don't look at anything else, yeah. you probably love 2017. Oh yeah, it was great yeah. for you. You're Charles. You're Charles. Yeah, yeah things yeah. are good. Yeah, but I mean, everything else was pretty was pretty shitty. But video games were great. I mean, so I have a question for the both of you since we're here. What's your game of the year? Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. All right, Charles. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Charles, I didn't know you you were into that game as well. That's crazy. Uh, same Breath of the Wild. Wow. I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Prey. I'm gonna Prey. Go with the, yeah, Prey. you, you really got into that one. Prey, Prey. I mean, I was a huge. I was a fan of, of System Shock, Deus Ex, Bioshock. Yeah. The immersive sim genre is my shit. And I'm so mad that Prey didn't sell very well because it was a fantastic game. Yeah. Every once in a while, especially for you, like a couple of these weird genres that you're like super into get 
combined into a game like with Prey, and then that new that new game of uh, Shadow Tactics. That's is it out or is it coming out? I'm, I'm playing it right now. Yeah, and it's not a, at it's, this moment, but yes. it's another one of those games that is just like your weird like mm-hmm. things you're super into get combined. It's like and I love strategy games. I love stealth games. You've combined them with into into one thing. It's yeah. great for me. So. I mean, yeah, we we had you had Breath of the Wild, you had uh, Mario Odyssey, you yeah. had uh, like I said, you had Horizon Prey, Zero you Dawn, had Horizon Zero Dawn, you Persona had Five, Persona Five. Five. I mean, fantastic yeah. year for some of the best games in a long time, and it's gonna be Doki hard. Doki Literature Club, right? <laughs> I mean, I have played <laughs> right. that game, and it is fucking off oh, the did? chain. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. I guess I I'll finally it. play it. Everyone keeps saying it's good, so I guess I, mean, I guess I'll finally play it. It's literally free. All yeah, you know. lose is you time. Just, you just gotta get through the cliche the cliches are pretty What bad. do you mean by that? I mean, like, just... Well, the reason you won't play it. What do you mean? Because it's anime girls? Yes. That's uh, the reason why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trust me, there's a bit of a barrier there to get through the anime girl stuff, which I also have a, a, a major issue with in, in yeah. a lot of ways. But once you get past that, it's a pretty good game. Okay. It's, it's, okay. It's, it takes some interesting turns. Yeah. Very interesting. I guess, I, I guess I'll give it a try then. Speaking I'll of other games that had a hard, hard bear to get through for some people was that came out this year was Near Automata, which Something I played play. some of. Play. Oh yeah. boy, that's a you. You say you look at the main character and you and you're like, oh god, how am I gonna fucking get past this this mm-hmm. problem? Yeah, isn't we? Because James Cameron's making that into a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk about Battle, Battle Angel, Angel Leader or whatever yeah. it's called? <laughs> Have you seen this trailer? Uh-uh. Uh, oh great! I well. Mean, Imagine if someone yeah. made a manga or uh, anime cartoon into real life, and mm-hmm. they kept and everybody else looks normal, but the main character it looks like a person, but has the eye proportions of an anime character. <laughs> yeah, so basically, okay. it's it's all live action, but the Battle Angel Alita character is straight CGI anime, and it just it, I'm. And she's got giant fucking eyes. Yeah, I'm glad that they're trying something new, but it just looks so off-putting. It looks... Because she's not... If she was at least like an Uncanny Valley kind of thing where she looks yeah. like Polar Express, where they at least look like people, like everybody else, like they do with the new stock with Grandma Tarkin yeah. in uh, Rogue One yeah. and uh, Princess Leia in Rogue One as well. And they don't look perfect. They still look like people. But Battle Angel Alita literally looks like an animated character... Or an anime character in CGI who's just dropped into a live action movie, mm-hmm. and it's very it's got Christoph Waltz in it as yeah. well. Huh. Yeah, it's it it looked and apparently it's like James Cameron's like like passion project or something. I He's wanted to make it being in fucking middle school and reading about yeah. it in the computer lab on ain'titcoolnews.com. Rest James in peace. Cameron is one day going to make this movie, and it's now now finally oh, happening. You heard about this. That many yeah. years ago? Holy crap. Same thing with, like, yeah. thing with Avatar. Avatar was supposed to be a movie 10, 15 years before it ever got made. It, yeah. He's been trying to make that movie forever. He has some, some long simmering... Pro- but it's not even written by him. It's being directed by Robert Rodriguez of Spy Kids fame. Yeah. What? Most well known for his Spy Kids series and nothing else. Yeah, most well known huh. for Spy Kids. Huh. Rob- yeah. Yes. Robert Rodriguez, creator, founder, and uh, CEO of Spy Kids. Of Spy Kids Incorporated. Incorporated. Nothing else he's ever made yeah. except for Spy Kids. No. But um, jokes aside, did you know that the Spy Kids actually are in the same universe as Machete? Or Machete, no, I guess? I'm not, I'm not down with he, this. Cause he, no, he directed both of them. And there's, like, there's like cross sections. And it's funny because Danny Trejo plays the Spy Kids' uncle. So uh, that means yeah. their uncle is Machete. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is super interesting. <laughs> this is all you need to kill shared universes and canon. 
Just get rid of it. Why? What? What is so bad about that thing I just told you that it has nothing? Yeah, there's nothing cool, wrong cool with it. Cool little tidbits. Okay. Okay. Right. What? See, I'm getting, I'm I'm getting ganged up on here. Then right. explain it to us. We're just, asking I, you why. Explain it to us. Why? What? What about that little detail is so bad? In this particular case, it's all right. I don't actually care about well, this. Well, then, what, okay. give me an example of something that you don't like. I think that uh, well, for instance, we talked about this on our last on the bonus episode uh, of Star Wars of people getting way too de- de- too bogged down in the technical details of yeah. certain things. Like that couldn't happen because this character is actually doing this thing and it's like how you see with the Marvel Universe where everything's all connected and that's a big selling point and it seemed cool at the time because I was like yeah I love comic books that's fine but at a certain point it gets to a, a scenario where it's going to limit what the stories you can tell because you've got to keep everything the same you can't you can't go over here and do this thing because this guy's got to be here at this time for that thing so you got the problem. Comic books don't have this problem because you can do anything you want in comic books. You just draw the fucking characters and write the words and it now exists. But in a movie, you got to think about the actors and what are they going to be doing? What's their schedule like? Can they actually do this? Is it going to be profitable enough for us to make it? Because comic mm-hmm. books don't make any fucking money. Well, it's, it's a money pit. I want to spoil that a little bit mm-hmm. because Marvel doesn't care. No. They have made the movie. The movies are on their own thing. Yes, no, no characters can be out of place in the movies or whatever. Then they have the Netflix TV shows, which live in the same universe, but really share no other characteristics with the movies. Mm-hmm. And then you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which literally does whatever the fuck it wants <laughs> and just kind of reacts to the what's happening in the, in the cinematic universe, but really has no, no other connection to it besides oh, yeah. Nick Fury being in it every once in a while. Well, it's because, it's because that fight that happened between those two guys, Kevin Feig, or Feige, does the movies, and Ike Paul Perlmutter, Feig. Paul Feige, sorry. Uh, Paul Feig does the movies, and Ike Perlmutter, who is 70,000 years old... Pearl. Yeah, you, who, nobody under the age of 70,000 has the name Perlmutter. No, no. It, it comes from the fact that his ancestors literally fucking... They, they, they dug pearls out of the mud of their mouths. They muttered them out of the fucking silt. Because they were fucking bottom feeders. They're goddamn fucking horseshoe crabs. That's how old this man is. And he controls the purse strings for the TV side of things, and he fucking hates... Paul Feige for some reason so never in twain can the two can the two things meet anymore it's a very it's a weird little shit fight that's happening yeah. over at Disney over over the most petty shit in the world um, that's my weird rant about Ike Perlmutter and uh, yeah, his, his family really, history really went off on that one <laughs> well, Matt, yeah. what about you guys what, is, what are some of your 2017 memories and moments uh, I'm a big I watch a lot of uh, television and I think this year, the standout television show was on Netflix, and it's called American Vandal. Okay. It, both of you have seen it, because I showed mm-hmm. it to both of you, because I loved mm-hmm. it so much. I've seen it like five times now. Um, it's basically a parody or satire, or whatever you want to call it, of the big true crime documentaries that come out these days. Um, it basically just follows a bunch of high school students at this high school where some cars are vandalized with spray paintings of dicks. And it's a very silly premise, but they they always play it very seriously, even when there are good jokes. And in the end, it makes a really intriguing story that you want to keep watching. Mm-hmm. And you're always, every time you watch an episode, you're like, why do I want to keep watching the show about this, these dicks on this car? But it's just really interesting. And I just, I think it was super unique, along with, maybe along with Legion, that's probably the most unique thing to come out this year. And also probably my two favorite things to come out this year. And I know both of you saw Legion as well. So yeah. That's, but yeah, American Mandal was great. It's on Netflix, eight episodes. Check it out. I think American Mandal succeeds because outside of the comedy portions, it still is an intriguing mystery yeah. that's unfolding and you want to know what's happening yeah. because it's an actually good, like, whodunit. Yeah, and basically. I think they, one thing, one thing they do well is they really get high school dynamics 
done very well. Yeah. I think it's probably the most realistic depiction of high school ever, even though I didn't go to high school in California. I can still... I, all the stereotypes people I've seen in schools, any school I've ever been to, and it's just it was just really it was just really funny to kind of relate to all these people because most most of the like standard high school movies like Dazed and Confused and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, everyone looks like they're thirty. I mean, yeah. everyone in Greece, it, literally everyone in Greece looks like they're forty five years old, but they're in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was really, it was good to see people who not only look their age but actually act like high school students, and it's almost even though it's kind of grounded in modern day because they use like snapchat and instagram and all that it's still it's almost timeless to me because the, the caricatures have always been there They're not caricatures well, the archetypes have been there forever i thought it was interesting because it ditched the the old outmoded like jocks and geeks yes. stereotypes and because that's not how kids work anymore it no. wasn't that way when i went to school definitely not there weren't any cliques that were based on like your extracurricular activities no one gave a shit yeah it was just like who are your friends this is your group yeah. and you can come from all kinds of fields it got rid of that and made it more realistic, in my opinion. Yeah. It yeah, felt more like sure. actual high school. Very good. Charles, you got anything in 2017 you want to talk about? Any, any things? No? Shaking your head? I can't think of anything special. Anything He didn't nothing. like anything this year. I mean, he didn't like Persona 5. I, he didn't like I mean, any movies. Get Out, he didn't like. He didn't like Baby Driver. He okay, didn't like okay. television shows. Get Out, Get Out was eye-opening for me. That movie... That's How sad? I mean... Having no almost no experience in thrill, most thrillers or horror movies at all at that point. Watching that movie, it just it was eye opening. Like the the thrills were really good, well paced, and just the subtleties behind like how this how this family works and all that stuff. It was excellent. It was see, I like how that was the eye opening part and <laughs> yeah. not the message about cultural appropriation that was kind of prevalent throughout the whole twist and the well. I mean, that's, that's the resolution of the movie, like the subtleties behind the family and how like. Okay. This how they're doing this thing is awful. Okay, you 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 got something to say? I'll oh no, it. it's just I guess like I'm like he has a very interesting take. Well, it's because it's because Charles doesn't he, you didn't watch horror movies, right? Like he mm-hmm. weren't that experienced. That was, so yeah. so on top of but, the the racial dynamics that that Get Out is trying to elucidate to most people, which would which would be the most important thing to most people. Charles was also first learning about horror movies, like mm-hmm. experiencing them. But I have a serious issue with calling Get Out a horror movie. It, I don't I don't think it is. A I, call it I call it a long it. Black Mirror episode. That's exactly I mean, yeah. what it is. I don't know, man. I guess like. You know. I, people I've talked to who are black call it a horror movie. I mean, of for course sure. it is. I mean, of course. It I mean, has for us, we're just white dudes, so yeah. to us, it might not be that scary. Yeah, but it's just. I think it's more of a thriller, and it's got yeah. may, maybe not because because Black Mirror is mostly about like straight technology. But you know, yeah. it's like a Twilight Zone, Black Mirror esque, yeah. just you know, kind of an exploration of this weird science this family has made up, and how it's a big parable for cultural appropriation. Well, I will say this: the the, the sunken place is a pretty terrifying concept. Yeah. The idea that. Someone else can control your body while you just sit there oh, and watch. Spoilers for Get Out. If oh, you sorry. Seen it. Yeah, spoilers for sure. If you haven't for seen one Get of the Out, biggest movies of the entire year, go see it. And that also, if you haven't seen it, I'm just joking. That doesn't actually happen in the film. Yeah, that's not a real thing. Yeah, that goes we're down. making all this up. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, 2017, pretty dog shit year for most political things uh, yeah. in the world. But okay for a lot of entertainment. It was so bad, it made Charles pick a political party. That's how bad 2017 was. Well, some people, I've always heard this thing about how, like, the best recent years, and just preface this by saying, I'm not sure I fully agree with this idea, Yeah. but the best, like, artistic years of America in recent times were under the Bush administration because a, 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 a terrible government gives rise to a more creative, artistic scene. And then I think about, like, 
three doors down, and I'm like, maybe not. Maybe that's not real. But the Wire was during Bush years. That's true. Yeah. The Wire was during Bush yeah. years. But Mad Men was during Obama years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's some stuff there. Right, yeah. But, yeah, I, mean, see, I, I can see J3. Yeah, I can definitely see what the, the argument is there, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, you just mentioned RTJ3, Run the Jewels, incredible rap group, mm-hmm. very political. They made a great album this year because they're fucking mad. They're really mad about what everything that's going on, and they mm-hmm. really put it into their album. A lot of a lot of artists did that this year. So many artists got super political this year. It turned out pretty well for a lot of them. But I would rather have TV shows and music be not quite as good, but better living standards for everyone in America. I'll just say it. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I mean. Like you said, if we're, at least as, if we're going to have no bread, at least the circuses are still around. Yeah. But the circuses are rapidly going away. With things yes. like net neutrality disappearing and, I mean, just the, few, the further on infringements yes. into our personal And freedoms. they cost bread. And I mean, yeah, I mean... Less bread we have, the less we're going to be able to get. I mean, people from our generation will probably never get to afford a house. We probably oh, never... No. I'm going to rent for the rest of my life. We'll probably never know a stable lifestyle like hell our no. parents and their parents knew. I see people my age who are, like, having kids, and I'm like, how are you paying for that shit? Yeah. I can't... I couldn't pay for a kid if I tried. No. No, I mean, I don't mean... It's it's, it's hard as well. It's hard being married. It's hard to do yeah. that because you got to fucking do your, all, all these... New taxes and shit. And the new tax bill is going to really hit... Uh, well, once they sunset the tax cuts, it'll hit married couples really hard. Yeah. But, like, if you're a single person trying to rent an apartment, get the fuck out of town. You ain't finding no place that won't take half your fucking income. Sure. And every website you see says, oh, you shouldn't pay more than one-third of your income in rent per month. And it's like, fuck off. Well, let me rent from you then. <laughs> Where does that exist? Yeah, because apparently you have it. I saw this article a while back that was like, by age 30, you should have saved... Ten thousand dollars. No, no. And then it's by impossible. age forty, you should have you should have at least tripled that in savings. So that way, when you retire at age sixty five, yes. f- fucking forget about hey, that. Yeah, that sounds really good. Was this article written in nineteen seventy two? Because if so, maybe. Dude, they expected you to have a cool half a million dollars in the bank by the time you were sixty five years old. How? How? What? What? What do they? What? What job do they expect that all of us are just going to be able to get since we're, we all have to go to college now yeah. and pay for college? And pay for all the living expenses and stuff that goes into going to college. And then all the stuff after college. And even though there's a job shortage. So even if you get that degree, you're not to guarantee anything from it. Yeah. Which is why I think we should abolish marriage. We should abolish um, uh, the tax the tax reform. And we should abolish paying for college. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to college. If, if they're going to continue to make college the standard for getting a job, you should be guaranteed a job out of college. That sounds... Like a fair society. Yeah. Okay. That's so fair. something kind of like a trade school where you do an apprenticeship. Yeah. You get do maybe out, two to three years of college. Right. Yeah. And you got a job lined up. Yeah. A place in society. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, that's just. I mean, like I said, that's yeah. one step. That's one thing we need to do. I mean, I personally think we should have massive jobs programs, yeah. huge government investment in getting people in going going to work. Full employment should be our goal. And then we can, once we have full employment, we can start working on getting people off of work entirely for jobs that don't don't exist anymore. They'll be replaced by a fucking robot, yeah. a goddamn fucking ninja robot that can flip and fucking parkour its way around the goddamn warehouse, carry juggling six goddamn boxes. I've seen it. It's coming. It's coming for your job. 
Do you move boxes for a living? I got bad news for you. There's a fucking ninja robot they're making yeah. right now. Uh, the successor to the fucking big dog that's going to fucking take your job in a big fucking way. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, of of that, I wanted to bring up an article. I got an article for us to look at Oh, here. no. It's, it's a fun one. It's a fun one, guys. I promise. And it is from uh, fee.com. Uh, uh, fee is the Foundation for Economic Education. You already know. That's, it's gonna be Did they win one. most boring website name I mean, this year? At the top, it's already a terrifying image I'm looking into. Yeah, because just to describe this image, before, <laughs> say, before saying the name of the person in the picture, uh-huh. it is literally just like the middle of their forehead down to the bottom of their nose, and their eyes are looking right at you. Yes. And once you reveal who this person is, you'll know this is terrifying. The, the name of the article is Three Reasons Millennials Should Ditch Karl Marx for Ayn Rand. And it is Ayn Rand staring at me uh, from the top of this article, and it is, boy, it is disturbing. Ayn Rand, a woman who once said that a woman can never be president mm-hmm. because they can't be in charge of the military. <laughs> Let me repeat that. A woman <laughs> yeah, who said wow. a woman can never be president because they couldn't be in charge of the military. I remember when I was trying to read The Fountainhead, uh, and I say trying because, boy, it was, a, it was a struggle. And there's a character who, like, she gets, she gets raped, and because of it, she becomes a better person in yes. the end. She's yeah. a better woman for being raped. This is written by a, by a woman. Yes. That should be all the fucking... That should just d- destroy any idea of a different Ayn politics. Rand is like one of the most disgusting people I've ever seen in my life. Well, luckily she died penniless and alone. Yep. Uh, like all people of her fucking ilk. But let's go ahead. Let's get right into these three reasons why a millennial should ditch, ditch Karl Marx, people. Uh, but real quick, actually, I got one thing to say first before that. Uh, uh, here's how the article opens. Get ready. <laughs> fucking prepare your fucking buttholes. Dear avocado toast eating brethren. Motherfucker, I've never even seen an avocado. I had an avocado on a sandwich one time, and the next time I went to that place, I said, no avocado, please, because it's <laughs> disgusting. Don't they cost like $37? They like, are, they're, they're a little expensive, yes. Fuck you, man. And she next goes on to say, we need to drop Karl Marx like we dropped cable TV. Okay. All right, listen, lady. Uh, what's what's her name? Her name is Le- Leah Miller. Leah trying too hard, Miller. Okay, Leisha, like a I fucking see lesion on my fucking dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're a generation that's sick of wars, parentheses, and threats of wars, mass shootings, and media sensationalism. As the ambassadors of the sharing economy and investors in cryptocurrency, mm. speak for yourself. There, mm. we hold innovation, entrepreneurship in high esteem. Karl Marx is not who we think he is. His philosophy doesn't align with our values at all. We need to look at someone more in touch with what's important to us, someone like Ayn Rand. Here's three reasons we should kick old Karl to the curb and pick up Ayn Rand instead. Let's start that bad boy off with Karl Marx advocates using violence to get what you want. Good. Good, yes. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. Yes. Who... I don't, yeah, I, that's why, I, one of the reasons I like Karl Marx, yeah, is he I mean, understands that the populace has to be able to fight for themselves, because if they choose not to fight, then one day the elite will just be able to descend on them and take everything they have without yeah. a fight. And people like Legion Miller here think that because they, they, they bootlick the fucking rich, they'll be spared. And I'm like, I've got bad news for you. No. It ain't happening. You don't get out of this, like, like you, yeah. you're going the same way we do, man. And uh, here's an actual uh, quote from the Communist Manifesto that Karl Marx uh, said. Famously wrote. Um, Famously wrote, yes. 
In depicting the most general phases of the development of the proletariat, we traced the more or less veiled civil war, raging within existing society up to the point where that war breaks out into open revolution, and where the violent overthrow of the bourgeoisie lays the foundation for the sway of the proletariat. Again, oh, Charles, you've 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 destroyed the podcasts. Yeah, I'm gonna have to delete. We gotta start over. Start it over. Run it back. All right, fuck it, guys. Well, this is a dead recording. Welcome to the Illuminous Podcast. (laughs) I'm senior executive. Okay. Is it still playing sound? Is it still? Is it still going? I thought I turned it off. (laughs) Anyways. So that was Karl Marx. That was our boy Karl Marx. Yes. Um, now let's hear what Ayn Rand has to say uh, from an essay called The Virtue of Selfishness. Hell All right, yeah. here we go. A civilized society is one in which physical force is banned from human relationships, in which the government, acting as a policeman, may use force only in retaliation and only against those who initiate its use. Because the Boo. police have worked out so well for us so far. Yeah. Man. Especially in these recent years. We've heard nothing but good things about I mean, yeah. When they fucking gunned down Michael Brown, when they fucking shot Daniel Shaver. Choked the, Eric Garner. Choked Eric Garner to death. Rest, rest, uh, rest in peace. Shot Tamir Rice. Erica Garner. Yeah, I mean, great. I mean, the police, the, 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 the government has such a great monopoly on force. It's always worked out well for us. It's yeah. never been used against Tell us. Tell that to Flano Castillo's family. Um, Karl Marx, this is reason number two, everyone. Karl Marx appeals to your emotional indignation. Good. (laughs) I mean, uh, this, 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 this reasoning here is dumb because it's like Karl Marx wants you to, want to appeal to your emotions. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine having someone speak to your emotions. He's literally the dark side of the force. (laughs) That's literally what he is. I mean... Emotions are part and partial of being a human being. Are you saying we should? Is this, is she advocating for us leaving them out of our of our lives? To be what? The Jedi, oh, the boy. arrogant Jedi. Boy, I got I can I can talk about the Jedi for an hour. Yeah, we have. Um, we, we have. We actually have, and no one liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, basically, she goes on with this whole thing about how uh, Ayn Rand, fortunately, has the peaceful empowerment we're so desperately missing. While Karl Marx wants you to blame others, the bourgeoisie, for your plights, they're the ones responsible. Yeah, they're, they're to blame. Ayn Rand wants you to introspect to perhaps reassess your values. Rather than encourage you to camouflage yourself into a union of workers, she wants to empower you as an individual to create a meaningful life for yourself. Did someone have a gun to this girl's head <laughs> while she wrote this? I mean, she's advocating for bootstraps. Motherfucker, I ain't even got shoes. Yeah. What do I, pull? I can't pull something about something that's not there. Like, it doesn't exist. Like, she she's writing this from a bizarro world where we don't live in a time of massive economic inequality yeah. where it's impossible to climb upwards. That paragraph literally said, Karl Marx says you should blame the person whose fault it is. Ayn Rand says you should just blame yourself and turn a blind eye <laughs> yeah. to what's actually going on. It's yeah. like reading some fucking absolutely ridiculous shit. And now we've got our third reason. And boy, how to get ready for this one, people. Karl Marx wants mankind to rest on its laurels. One word. Good. <laughs> I mean, disagree. <laughs> And here, here's what she says. All right, boys, I want you to fucking clench yourselves up for this next paragraph because it's going to fucking run a gamut of bad shit. Welp, we've got pretty good iPhones. SpaceX can salvage and relaunch rockets, and thanks to services like HelloFresh and Blue Apron, we no longer have to go to the grocery store. Time to pack up, call a day, everyone go home. <sighs> Those... Uh, 
look, I talk, I've talked enough shit about Elon Musk on this podcast. Yes. Everyone to know we hate Elon Musk. Um, iPhones are, I mean, they're great, fine, yeah. but they're made iPhones by slave labor. are a product of slave labor. Elon Musk, of course, he can send rockets to space. That's because he wants to send himself and all his rich buddies into space mm. and leave us all behind. And what was our third thing? Oh, uh, fuck Blue Apron. Yeah, Blue Apron fuck. and HelloFresh. Yeah. Also, I want to make a proclamation. We're a small-time podcast, and guess what? We will never advertise for no. Blue Apron. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Blue you Apron. <laughs> fuck you. We'll never fucking advertise your shit. Yeah. It's dumb and it's fucking whack because, I mean, go to the grocery store. Go to the grocery store. Fucking interact with a human being face to face. When you go to the grocery store, I want you to look at other people. I want you to understand they exist. That you are not the only person in the world. This is you're not. This isn't the fucking matrix. You're not the only real person. They're all fucking fake. And when you go to the cash register, don't you use that goddamn robot? Don't you fucking go to the self checkout? Don't get Zuckerberg. Don't get Zuckerberg. Talk to an actual person. Interact with them. Put money in their pockets to fucking keep them alive. Because yeah. goddamn it, some people have to do those jobs. Yeah. And they're hardworking people. And don't be a fucking asshole, alright? Just understand that everyone's got their fucking struggle. I'm getting off track. Do, you, do they even know how HelloFresh gets uh, groceries to you? A person who works for less than an Uber driver's salary buys your groceries and delivers them to your house. So a person is still involved. They're still getting your groceries. Now, see, she doesn't even actually have a quotation here from Karl Marx that justifies this. That's what I'm saying, because this is her most ridiculous point yet. I mean, she I, I don't understand what she's trying to say here, um, because there's no, there's no, I mean, I don't think Karl Marx ever advocated for ending our technological development. No. He said that technology should be made to serve the people, yeah. and that the people should own the means of production, and not it be used against us, you know. I don't want to have to fucking wake up one day and realize that a robot can do my job and there's a predator drone hunting for me because I once said that fucking Trump can go suck the tailpipe of a fucking Greyhound bus. Yep. That's not what I want to deal with. But here we have a quotation from Ayn Randian. Let's go over this as our last thing in this article. Um, which is, oh man, alright, let me just psych myself up for what I'm about to fucking read. <laughs> The claim that men should be retrained or retained, I'm sorry, in jobs that have become unnecessary, doing work that is wasteful or superfluous, to spare them the difficulties of retraining for new jobs, thus contributing, as in, as in the case of railroads, to the virtual destruction of an entire industry, this is the doctrine of the divine right of stagnation. Ayn Rand does not know what the fuck she is talking about. Ayn Rand just wanted to put the word railroad in there. Oh, she wrote man. the most boring book of all time about the Story biggest railroad of all time. Ayn Rand, real fucking obsessed with fucking trains, for sure. We all knew that. Ugh. But basically this idea that that we that, that people should be uh, 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 retrained into new jobs, hey, guess what? I agree with that. But here's the thing about that. is First of all, it's very hard to get people to, to agree to retraining. They did this in Appalachia with the, the coal miners, who barely even showed up to these to these opportunities hmm. that were given by private companies now to come here. We'll train you in how to do some new shit like solar energy. We're going to try and move towards that. You coal hmm. miners, come do this. They didn't fucking show up yeah. because they believed that Trump was going to bring back the fucking coal jobs. They hmm. believed that for 20 years. People don't like to be retrained. And even though I think they should be retrained, that has to be a voluntary process, yeah. and guess what? The free market is not delivering an effective solution in that in that, in yeah. that area. And in the current in the current climate, it's you can get retrained for a new job, but that job can still be automated. The, yeah. the problem isn't that people don't want to be retrained. Hell, most people right now are saying they're willing to do anything to get a job. 
It's the fact that it can be automated and no one's going to, like, why spend six months to retrain someone that you're going to replace in three months instead of just take a loss over a couple months and then skyrocket because you're just paying a robot? Now we have one last little segment here. This is her writing. Okay. Um, let's see here. But with Ayn Rand's philosophy, our stuff will always remain ours. We don't have to share our Nintendo Switch with our little sister, parentheses, who drops her phone ten times a day unless we want to. We could rest easy knowing if we take a big risk and invest in cryptocurrencies while our parents mutter Ponzi scheme under their breath. That's not even what, what it is. We have the opportunity for a big reward. And best of all, Ayn Rand's philosophy reaffirming our desire to create and to to be great and create great things. Ooh, maybe someday we will have Jarvis, jetpacks, and flying hammocks. This is one of the most painfully written articles I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I'm a huge fucking nerd, and her referencing Jarvis makes me like Iron Man less. Yeah. And Iron Man, by the way, started off, and is still, in a way, a critique of the exact kind of Ayn Randian philosophy yes. of the yeah. great man, the technologist, that she is so patently missing when writing this. Yeah. Like, <sighs> it's literally, like, like, the whole, it started out with the avocado thing, and now this drops her phone ten times a day. It's literally like she's just trying to oversaturate this article with i guess things that These millennials subtle, subtle things that yeah she that, thinks like the millennials might like yeah that we like relate to or something as yeah. if we all have this shared experience or something uh uh real quick about the author Lisa miller is a marketing coordinator at the this website fee driven by a desire for adventure she moved to warsaw poland in 2015 to work for a serial entrepreneur she met on the internet Sounds Boys, good. sounds good to me. Very few good words follow the word serial. I was about to say, serial entrepreneur and serial killer are only one move away from yeah. each other. If you just serial blank, she met on the internet yeah. is a terrible sentence. There's very few good ways to end it, and this does not have a good one either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- that was three reasons millennials should ditch Karl Marx for Ayn Rand uh, from Fees, piece of shit. Uh, Legion Miller. Uh, you fucking suck. I want to tell a funny Ayn Rand story, Ayn Rand story real okay. quick. Okay. So, um, before I lived with Charles, I lived with my, my brother here, Smith. Uh, we lived in an apartment, and we had a roommate. Let's just call him Steven. And um, he, he, was, he was also a computer science major like Charles, and he had a group for his senior project, and uh, two of them were like part of a couple. It was this dude and this, 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 this girl. And... They, the guy actually lived one apartment above me and Charles and where we live now. And the girl would just, you know, she'd, she'd stay with him a lot. So she'd be there. She was in house. And, and Stephen told us that when they were designing a website one time, it was like a book website. And she was in charge of doing the catalog. And it was nothing but Ayn Rand books. Which I'm assuming means either she just chose a random author or she's a big Ayn Rand fan. So one time, sometimes we, like me and her boyfriend would get, get home at the same time from work or whatever. And they'd be walking up the stairs. So one time, I pretended to get a phone call. And instead of saying hello, I just said, yeah, Ayn Rand sucks. <laughs> and I did see her look back at me and scoff. And I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Charles, you got any fun Ayn Rand recollections? No. Do you know who Ayn Rand was? No. Did you play Bioshock? Yes. That's basically Ayn Rand. Okay. She was Andrew a, she, she, Her two big books are called Atlas Shrugged and yeah, The Fountainhead. And uh, yeah, she's uh, awful. 
Remember when our dad was in that Atlas Shrugged phase? He, he, he did. He listened that? to the whole audiobook. He listened to the whole thing somehow. Made us watch the fucking first, the first part of the movie they made that yeah. was dog shit. A terrible movie. I mean, they, they barely even made the second part, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and then I mean, the third part never, never even got out of production. If there was ever a, 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 is there a bigger refutation of Ayn Rand's entire philosophy that a fucking movie yeah. couldn't get made out of this yeah, shit? the movie couldn't get off the ground, didn't have a good fan base, and then eventually failed. Didn't they crowdsource a second one? Like, they had to crowdsource, crowdsource part of the budget. Yeah, I think it was like to wow. pay the pay a couple of the actors. They had to crowdsource the budget. Complete <laughs> failure of their philosophy entirely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that sucks. Ayn Rand is terrible. I'm glad she's dead and yep. her dog shit. And philosophy. I'm sad Karl Marx is dead. Yeah. Long live Karl Marx. But luckily, luckily Ayn Rand's philosophy lives on in our brothers and sisters of libertarians. The uh, yeah. people who decided that Gary Johnson was a good direction to go in for 2016. Um, you know what? Actually, I can give Gary Johnson a lot of shit. But uh, that whole thing about him not knowing where Aleppo is, uh, good, actually. Because I would rather a president didn't know which countries we should be invading yeah. uh, according to the military neutral complex. So, uh, But yeah, libertarians are dumbasses. But I do admire their spirit because... They have a desire for something different. They want something different. I've always said has. libertarians are only a step away from actual left. That's uh, true. There, there's not much in between. It's just a couple of these weird core beliefs. Yeah. Um, but they're almost there. They're almost there. They're like, getting there. Rand Paul, he's not super far off. Yeah. He's getting there. It's kind of like... He's, it, he's got his ass kicked, but he's, yeah. he's getting there. It's kind of like my love for flat earthers, because I love flat earth people, because... Yes, you do. I admire their drive to not believe the narrative... That's dedication. ...of the system, because the system does lie to you a lot. Yes. Like, it'll be hard to say growing up when you were taught shit like the pilgrims and the Indians sat down and had dinner together at Thanksgiving and shit, and it was all good... And you later learn that, no, they massacred them and stole their shit. Yeah. To be like, these guys weren't right about everything, including what shape the earth is. I like their spirit. Their conclusions are wrong, obviously. I, do, I would like to see if they could use that energy on some, some actual corruption mm-hmm. in the yeah. world that would, yeah. uh, that would actually eliminate like my, some of Like the real, the real truth, the hollow earth. Yeah. That's it's what like, you're focusing guys, on. Guys, I say it. Alex Jones is kind of close, too. He, he is a conspiracy theorist. He's crazy. Yep. And he's he's mostly playing a character, yeah. but he is he's doing he is thinking. That's yeah. one thing, and he also yeah. understands Star Wars better than all of you idiots. Well, so I honestly believe that Alex Jones is controlled opposition. He was yeah. bought and paid for a long time ago by somebody to channel people's like conspiracy theory energy into useless shit about like I don't know uh, frogmen, Fro- gay uh, frog gay people. frogs, and <laughs> amphibian people. Yes, that's his sort of deal. And obviously it's an all, all an act, but it's and I kind of am I kind of have a problem with it because that's that's energy that can be better spent on real shit like the actual conspiracies that rule the world like people who aren't there's no Illuminati like there is an Illuminati but you know their names they operate in the open because they don't have to worry about it because all their shit is legal yeah. What you have to understand is that the fucking secret cabal that rules the fucking planet is not fucking secret. Yeah. They exist out in the open. The fucking Soroses, the Cox, Cokes, whatever, yeah. the fucking Adelsons of the world fucking really do exist. And they don't have to worry about meeting in a shadowy boardroom. Nah. Because nothing they're doing is, is illegal by our technical fucking definitions. 
the conspiracy. That's the, like I love Deus Ex, the video game, but the one thing it got wrong was the idea they had to fucking pretend or be in secret, right? Yeah. They would have to. We're living in it right now. It's, it's happening around us. That's the thing I've always said mm-hmm. is that a lot of art can send a good message about, you know, something like Deus Ex, where it's like there is this secret elite. But the thing is, in real life, the problem is it's a whole lot more boring. Yeah. And that's why people don't care. Yeah. If there were, if somebody actually did expose this shadowy, shadowy boardroom of all these people who are actually controlling the world, it'd be kind of cool, and yeah. more people would care. But that's not how it works in real life. It's just a bunch of dumb people making decisions that fuck over everybody else, and they do it right in front of you. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's nothing exciting about it. No, I don't give a shit about about any of us and our, our little concerns. So I have a question for uh, for Charles okay. over here, Charles. Now that you've discovered uh, uh, a political will within yourself. Yeah. Of a sort. Where are you heading next? Where's where's your next? You gonna like you gonna get involved? You're gonna vote? You gonna have you voted? Did you ever did you ever I, vote? I have I didn't vote last time because um I was in Statesboro. Have I, you ever voted? No. You've never voted. No. Okay, so when you said you didn't vote last time, you were saying you didn't vote at all because you've never voted. I would have to do an absentee ballot and I forgot. Okay. Okay, so, but are you going to vote this next time? Yes, most likely. You're going you're gonna to vote. Okay, well, I mean, that's something. Well, if we're still allowed to. That's they true, they yeah. might outlaw voting within the next four years. I, I mean, I don't think that that's <laughs> necessarily said. Listen, them Very outlawing sad. voting would require a level of, of, of competency. Of competency that you do not possess. <laughs> like, the Nazis are pretty incompetent. They make the fucking people in charge right now look like geniuses by comparison. Yeah. Uh, like we watched, uh, we watched *Handmaid's Tale* and yeah. great book, fantastic TV show as well. But uh, I am gonna, I'm really gonna have a hard time believing that a right wing Christian conservative movement was that organized. Was that organized and capable? Yeah. That's the that's the big part for me. Is the descent into fascism is cool to watch and all, but you got to give me a real plausible yeah. opponent. You got to watch that show. It's good. We'll do. We'll do. Because uh, it's it's hard to believe that the current day Nazis, like the alt right and shit, we saw at Charlottesville. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You mentioned it, uh, how disorganized it was, how they got easily defeated by by uh, cops and leftists and stuff. Yeah. And the only retaliation they had was a guy driving a was a coward driving a fucking car into a crowd of people. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Heather Hare. Um, so it's like, but but we we see them as this big threat, and I think that it is it's a problem that they exist. But their level of organization leaves a lot to be, yeah. I don't want to say desired, because I don't want them to be good at this, yeah. but they're not as dangerous as they want us to believe they are. Mm-hmm. But speaking of things that are dangerous, mm-hmm. I know you want to talk about this. What's going on with the war on board games? <laughs> I want to know. Okay, uh, yeah, we can talk about the war on board games real quick. Um, I have an article here from the, the National, National Review. Review. Friend of the show, the National Review, yeah. uh, uh, decided to write themselves a little piece here called You Lose Your Turn. The Social Justice Warriors Are Coming for Your Board Games. And the, the picture, ironically enough, is of Monopoly. A game that was supposed to be, was designed to teach you how capitalism naturally leads to mo- an actual Monopoly. Yes. And that competition is a joke because one person ends up winning. Yeah, so I was say, how do you win Monopoly? You make everyone yeah, else lose all their money. Exactly, and you take it. <laughs> There's only two ways out of Monopoly. Either you fucking kill everyone else and take their stuff, or someone flips the board and Yeah, leaves. you quit. So... Uh, this was written by Graham uh, Hillard. Uh, uh, sounds like a real idiot. Um, and his article wow. 
I mean, I was going to say, I've read the article. It's bad. I mean, uh-huh. it gives you some some examples. The, the, the first part he gets into this from is a board game called uh, Puerto Rico, which is about the first time that European explorers came to Puerto Rico and began to exploit it. And it says this. It's not being coy about it, but it doesn't ever uh, uh, analyze a political uh, sort of like a, a background of what happened actually in Puerto Rico. It's all abstracted yeah. into game mm-hmm. concepts. And some people were like, you know, the game is fun and all, but if you think about it, we're kind of it's kind of shitty that we're playing a game that celebrates the the enslaving of all these people and yeah, the, the yeah. killing of native populations and all this kind of stuff. And they the, the thing about the people is, they say this as a thought exercise of if you think about it this way, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. They're not saying the game should go away or we should ban it's it. It's the Anita Sarkeesian exactly. principle. Yeah. They're just saying, hey, we can be critical. We can think about things. We can actually use our brains occasionally, but. To give you an example here of sort of the kind of the, the, the level of intellectual thought that we're punching at here in this article um, is a section where he says, when Mashable contributor Laura Vito complains, for example, that the original version of Guess Who seriously lacked diversity, is she objecting to bias or air quotes bias? What's the fucking difference there? But here's where we start to get into the interesting part of this article. When board gaming geek user JP Wu argues that what? there is something inherently wrong about unloading little brown people off a boat and into your fields and factories, does he mean wrong italics or wrong in quotation marks? First of all, buddy, the last sentence, you didn't italicize the first example of the word that you're using twice this, for some reason. Yeah, this article is a maze. But you're also, you're now, you're now crediting board gaming geek users. You're asking about them. People who are posting on message boards. Yeah. Like, I can get the posting is fucking war now, but come on, man. We can't treat it like this. So, basically, he then goes on to ask, would Ms. Vito truly have been happy with the 1970s-grade caricatures that would have inevitably have accompanied a more inclusive version of Guess Who. So he's assuming that, like, you'd see, like, a black pimp or some shit would be their version yeah. of diversity. Like, mm-hmm. yes, thank you for that, sir. Mr. fucking Flatbrain. Who wrote the Mr. fucking Graham Flatbrain Hillard. Um, again, he's still quoting things from Board Game Geek. Um, it says here, um, this is a bunch of examples. I'm going to give you a couple of these, or just one of them, really, is, is my favorite. Um... As of this writing, board game geek social justice sleuths have cataloged the strong classist undertones of Lords of Waterdeep. Quotation, you play a lord in a classist society slash city. Motherfucker, I have read (laughs) Forgotten Realms. I know about the city of Waterdeep. I have run adventures there. I am a dungeon master. Motherfucker... This is, this is not to be taken that fucking seriously. Watch out, ladies. I know, right? <laughs> this guy's coming. This, he, he is taking posts on Board Game Geek and using that as some kind of example of social justice warriors yeah. coming for your board games. They're not. They're just shooting the fucking shit yeah, over like, this. Hey, this is kind of weird. And in the next paragraph, he goes on to say, Winking or not, parentheses, and my own reading is these allegations are almost entirely serious. Yeah, man. They're probably entirely serious. They're not joking when they're thinking about their fucking board games. That, again, is not a call to do anything. Yeah. No one is saying burn your copy of Terra Mystica in the fucking street because it has a weird depiction of desert nomad cultures. That's not what's happening here. It's making shit up. 
And then he's got over here another quotation I'm going to say. Consider, for example, Jarrah E. Hodge, who complains at Bitch Media that Age of Empires 3 makes the conquering of indigenous peoples one of the goals. That's a video game! That's not even a board game! Hey, you're messing up the level. <laughs> you are shifting the fucking goalposts. I can fix it in post. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. Um, so yeah, he's, again, now we're quoting about video games? Like, that's not even the same scenario anymore. Yeah. Um, he, he talks about Conan the board game. That exists? Who's making Conan the board game? What is there to do? I'm um, actually really surprised that this is the loudest you've ever been on the podcast. <laughs> we were talking about capitalism before. Get very heated. You've never once been this loud. I fucking, I'm, I, I love my board games. I love my yes. fucking role-playing games. So get off my dick, Graham Hillard. All right, are talking about uh, uh, in the Conan the board game that the female characters are only good for being fucked by men. Okay, that's a criticism a person had of the game. She's not saying burn fucking Conan. She's not saying we need to kill the developers. They're not coming for Although, anything. I'll say it. Burn Conan. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty it. good movie. I mean, the board game. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. And Robert E. Howard was a guy who started off uh, making some pretty weird shit, but he got better over time. Yeah. He was one of the guys who told fucking Lovecraft stop being so goddamn racist. Um, and so, yeah, it just goes on to talk about uh, uh, Pandemic Legacy. We all know about this That's game, sort game. of. Uh, season 2, which allows players to customize their characters' traits and abilities, will lead inexorably to cultural appropriation as participants step daringly out of the real-world genders and ethnicities. And there's also Transatlantic, which, according to Ars Technica, places players in the age of mighty steamships will not be able to avoid the iceberg of that age's bigotry, transphobia, and an ugly tendency to enrich white men. I mean, that's just how things were back yeah. then. Yeah. It's part of the fucking game, and if it's not part of the game, it's still worthy of discussion. Yeah, it's the problem. It's like I, like I mentioned, the Anita Sarkeesian principle, the fact that making commentary on something leads some people to believe you think that it's bad and it should ever forever you know be condemned when in reality you're really just making a comment trying to just say hey this is this is kind of weird yeah you just put it out. why not just and now let me give you the last paragraph right. of this article i want you boys to prepare yourselves for what i'm about to fucking say all right <laughs> nor will my own gaming closet escape scrutiny i'm sorry to say not the game of life, with its heteronormative <laughs> assumptions and endless emphasis on child rearing. Not Beyond Balderdash, in which players guess the plots of movies that, let's face it, probably get starred sexual predators. Okay. Certainly not Scrabble, whose rules allow gamers to spell any word they want. Yeah, any word? Any word? Really? That doesn't sound even the least bit safe. Hot takes what this man essentially saying is i can spell any word even the n-word that's exactly what he's that's saying. what he's fucking saying i can do the n-word i can do retard i can do anything i want i just i feel like my fucking like this article has drained my life from both, my both soul. of these articles so far have been the hottest of takes to be honest i uh so according to some posters on boardgamegeek.com um board games are going to be destroyed yeah. i mean some people thought about a thought about a board game, and now all of a sudden we got to burn the whole thing down. Apparently, yeah. yeah. 
Um, That's like if you watch the movie Amistad and you're like, you know what? This whole slavery thing is kind of fucked up. And you're like, oh, oh, so so now now Amistad's a bad movie, right? You hate everybody in Amistad? I mean... It's like, come on. I mean, no. I'm just saying. It's bad. You know? It's a bad thing that happened. It's kind of like a thing that I saw the other day, um, which is... Uh, we're going to switch from board games to video games real quick. So right. both on our wheelhouse again. There is a Steam group. Now we all know about... Let's probably know about Steam groups. Maybe everyone yeah. knows. They're, they're cancer. They're yeah. terrible. Pretty Worst bad. thing Pretty ever. Bad. There are groups on Steam that, that, that have members and they sort of like have... They can, they can post things about video games, make recommendations and such. And there's one here called SJW Awareness. Hey. And their main post says, Say no to social justice and feminism. I'm going to read you this little portion right here, and I want you to just, I want you to just prepare yourselves. All right. Tired of trying out a game and find and find out its lead character is a Mary Sue who don't need no man. Tired of certain video game journalists in quotation marks give tens to a game that's pandering to their far left Marxist ideology. Those words are all capitalized. Tired of looking up a developer to an upcoming game and seeing them talk about how stupid their own audience is while talking about how all white people are racists. Tired of being called a racist, sexist, or misogynist for having the wrong opinions. Well, here's the group for you where you can put your money to the right people. Finally. Whoa. Send a message and say no to social justice. Send a message and say... Uh, no to social justice feminist, feminist and other progressives by not giving them money for their product and spread the message on what they believe. Ugh. Broken English aside. Yeah. Horrible fucking writing aside. The first game that this that this art this uh place tell this, me it's gone home group goes no no, no this this, this is pro home. this is pro games they're for. Okay. <sighs> All right. Go on. Go on. Get ready. Here it is. The game is called Galgun Double Piece. Uh, Recommended Tier 1. Triggers SJWs. Slammed in various SJW publications for being sexually explicit with virtual teenage girls. And the picture here, as you can see, is of anime girls in short skirts jumping through the air. I know a guy who'd want to play that game. Yeah, I do too. This is the kind of stuff we're having. This, this is it, people. This is, what, this, this, is, this is where we're at. We are through the fucking looking glass. Where we're now to own the libs. We have to fucking talk about how great the fucking anime 14-year-old titty game is. That's where we're at now. That's what's going on. Let's, let's, let's literally endorse pedophilia to own the libs. I can't, I, I can't deal with it, man. All right. I don't know. We're, we're reaching our time here. Before we, before we head out, and since we... One of us has got, got very heated the whole episode. I want to back it up. I'm and up. just to wrap up twenty seven here, I do want to mention one thing. I know that all three of us can agree on, or at least maybe agree on, is the best movie last year was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. What a what a, an achievement in filmmaking, right? I would agree. Exactly. It's hard to tell if you're being sarcastic right no, now. No, I mean for most viewers, no, for oh, no, listeners. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. It's, it's no, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was an incredible achievement in movies. They made a sequel to a movie that was made eighty years ago. And I would say almost mastered the formula. Yeah, I say improved upon it. Better, at the very least. I say better than Blade Runner, and just just an incredible movie. Three hours long, did not feel the length. Even some of my, even the Lord of the Rings, I feel the length whenever I yeah. watch. I'm like, God, this is so long. Did not feel it in Blade Runner. It was a great thing, 
And I just want to put some some happiness out there before we all before we all head out. I mean, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I would have said it was the best movie of the year until you showed me The Big Sick. Oh, and then The Big Sick. That might have clinched it for me really? as best movie of twenty seventeen. I mean, it was a tough year. There were a lot of good yeah. movies out there, yeah. but twenty forty nine was top of my list until I saw Big Sick, and now I'm questioning. Nice. I don't know. It could be. It could go out there. I'll show it to Charles. It's a yeah. good. I'll show it to him. Great it's a film. Good movie. Great film. But yeah. But uh. So yeah, fuck 2017. <laughs> um, I'm glad it's over, but I'm not any happier that 2018 yeah, has started. <laughs> it's it's going to be more of the same pretty much. I'm pretty sure. No, man, I'm excited. I'm ready. All right, let's get it done. 2018, Communist, Communist Revolution, Revolution, Global Uprising, Cut the Heads Off of the Rich, Take Their Shit, Eat Their Fucking Organs. Let's do this. Lenny's Podcast. Woo, we're done. Yeah, it's over. Charles is out. <laughs> <laughs>